it really took them about a year to finally get something. Uh, I was sent to a doctor at NYU um, who kind of specializes in um, neurology. And he finally did a legitimate tilt table test on me. And I guess that test really kind of showed when I would go from the uh, the laying down to standing position, mm-hmm. my heart rate would just skyrocket and my blood pressure would drop. So that's why uh, I would really get that like faint, like pass out feeling. Um, sure. So that's why I would typically have to lay down a lot and um, couldn't be upright for too, too long. So that's when they diagnosed me with POTS, mm-hmm. um, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which I think a lot of people do get diagnosed with that as well. Um, and from my understanding now, it's really just a symptom. It's not necessarily the root cause, as we know, of everything. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the functional diagnostic nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Hey, what is going on, my friends? And welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. And we are talking to Ryan Mihalkovitz. I hope I got that last name right, my friend. This is someone that we only met each other via um, the podcast. He is an FDN graduate, but I never actually got to hear his last name pronounced. And when I was about to record this, I'm like, shoot. So, I looked up on YouTube how to pronounce the name, and hopefully I got it correct. I take that stuff very seriously. (laughs) But Ryan is a kind of cool case on this show because, one, he's been listening forever, so I thought that was great. He's heard a ton of these episodes. It's fun to have it full circle then where he's gotten to listen before and now able to share his story to help other people today. Uh, But also, interestingly, is Ryan is an under-30 male FDN grad, which apparently is like the rarest thing in the world. (laughs) So it's just nice to meet someone else that is also a dude in the same age range and actually cares about the health stuff. I feel like it is, I'm speaking to the ladies out there for sure, when they know how hard it is to get their husband or spouse or whoever um, involved in the health stuff. And then it's definitely harder when we're like young and we don't really care about these things. But Ryan, like myself, was kind of put in a position where we couldn't really ignore the health thing anymore. We had to do something about it. And he was actually a baseball player at Pace University. So he was doing really good. He was an athlete uh, kicking butt, really, with what he was doing in sports. However... He started to get these mystery symptoms, did not know anything about it, and in fact, most of his life, he had felt really good. So there's pros and cons to this. Obviously, we don't want to feel bad our whole life, but sometimes when we kind of grow up with something, we don't really think about it in the same way that someone who gets it out of nowhere might think about it. You know, you learn to live with it a little bit. It becomes kind of normal, and that can have its own downsides. But with him, since he felt pretty good most of the time, and all of a sudden got these symptoms. At first, he kind of wrote it off. Oh, it's maybe you know not a huge deal. Maybe it was from the traveling. He got it uh, first time when they were coming off like a bus. It was a trip to get to a place to play baseball. 
And in his head, it literally was something to do with the bus just because he had no idea how to connect this to anything else. Well, like most of us who have been through these health challenges, that was just the first wave of what would be a pretty long journey with these things. So it went on for several years. He kind of had to go to different doctors, went through what we call the cycle of trial and error for sure, which is just trying different things, searching for a diagnosis, trying to find something that works. Um, And he eventually did. And when he got this diagnosis, as you already heard in the excerpt, if you listen to the first 30 seconds of this show, he realized that even though he eventually got this diagnosis, which was accurate, it did finally make sense after all these years, it was just a symptom. It wasn't a real diagnosis in a sense, and certainly Western medicine was not going to be able to help him get to where he wanted to be, which was, I don't have this anymore. I don't deal with this anymore. And so Ryan started this whole journey. He was very skeptical of functional medicine and natural stuff before, uh, but a run-in with some mold toxicity actually led him to a person who helped him tremendously actually get to the bottom of these things, and then that led to him pursuing the FDN course and wanting to help other people with this. Now, Ryan right now is still actively um, an accountant, and he does FDN part-time. And what was really cool is I asked him at the end, and you'll hear this, there's certain people, their tone is just so genuine and authentic, and you know that they're being real with what they're saying. I don't think this guy has a bone in his body that is interested in making money or just, you know, I mean, we all have to do that, but that's not his focus at all. He is just genuinely interested in taking on the right people for him, people that mesh with his personality or relate to his story and helping them over time and just letting the process of the FDN business flow naturally. And that's fine. That's completely cool. There's some people that hit this so hard that they got like 10 clients lined up before they even graduate the course, getting ready to run labs. And for certain people, depending on the situation, that can be the right thing to do. But it's pretty cool to hear the opposite. Someone that just wants to take on the perfect people at the right time and let this happen organically, not in any rush, uh, just truly here to help other people. So I think you guys will really enjoy this interview. Without further ado, let's get to it. All right. Hey there, Ryan. Thanks so much for being here with us today, man. Hey, uh, thanks. I really, uh, really excited, really excited to talk with you today. Well, likewise, because this is a rare occurrence. Not only do Ryan and I, we just discovered this part, live in a relatively close vicinity to each other because there's FDN's guys in 50 countries around the world. So if you can find someone that's, you know, even within like two hours away, that's pretty cool. Um, and he's like an hour and a half away, kind of near the Jersey Shore. So that's an area, not exactly there, Ryan, but where my family vacations, you know, that's where we go. We go to Wildwood typically. Um, I always joke about Wildwood. We like the fact that I could go see a million dollar home during the day and then watch a street fight at night. You know, we like both things yeah. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, you get a little bit of everything there, no doubt about it. Over sure. here in Seaside, you get a little bit of that too, though. So yeah. it's, it's kind of everywhere. <laughs> you got to have both, right? Um, and then in addition to that, Ryan and I are only like a year and a half, two years apart in age, which is really cool. There's not nearly enough, um, you know, 20 to 30 year old somethings you know what I'm trying to say, within FDN, let alone males. I mean, it's particularly rare that I find like a younger male in this. So I find that really cool. And I'm excited to dive more into your story today because, you know, when you reached out, I mean, I know a little bit about it, but I don't know the full thing. And so Ooh. I want to just start with the same way that we always start in this podcast. And that's when did your health symptoms start and what did they look like? Yeah, so it's crazy. Like I can kind of remember it just like it was yesterday too, like when I really started noticing things. Um, so it's about I guess 2014, um, playing baseball for Pace University. So we had a, um, a drive down to Cary, North Carolina. Uh, so it was a bit of a, a bus ride, uh, mm-hmm. to say the least. So it was, 
you know, like 15 hours, something like that. So, it's, you know, it's a long day, long bus ride. Um, but I just noticed on the way down there, I'm like, oh, man, I'm a little more tired than I typically am. But, you know, nothing too crazy, whatever. It's just, you know, a long day. Um, you know, we'll get to the hotel, sleep it off. It'll be all good. And um, so, you know, I'll go up to the room, go to bed. Everything's kind of normal for the most part, other than that fatigue. And then that morning when I woke up, something had changed. Um, you know, I was a little off balance. Um, the energy was just like shot to where I had never experienced that kind of before. Like my legs were like lethargic. They felt heavy. The room was kind of spinning a little bit. Just all these symptoms kind of just hit me all at once. And I'm like, wow, this is very strange. But okay, it must have been that bus ride. Like I I don't know what else it could have been. It literally couldn't have been anything else other than that bus ride. Um, so yeah, so really that was the first time I, I guess really noticed those symptoms, but I guess, you know, kind of looking back, uh, they were definitely there. I just never kind of noticed them. Got it. What I got to ask with the Pace University thing, I'm not an idiot. I understand colleges are big, but my one friend is probably the biggest personality I've ever met. He's like one of my best friends. His name's Casey Kolodny. Do you know him by any chance? I do not. Okay. Did he go to Pace? He did. He did in similar age range. And I mean, yeah, this guy's kind of hard to miss. He's just... (laughs) I wonder, so we, we have two campuses, one's in New York City and one's in Westchester County, um, so like kind of up north a little bit, so. Oh, he was I'm in New York City, you, yeah. Yeah, okay, so okay. I was in the Westchester um, County campus. This makes so much more sense because I was very confused as to where the baseball team um, was, like yeah. based on where, yeah. you know, because I've been to his school, I'm like, okay, where is there a field here? To yeah, right. it's like, okay, that makes a little more sense. Now, for someone that maybe didn't have these experiences when you're younger, right? It's not like happened at like four or five years old. Are, is there some like fear going through your head right now? Because that kind of sounds like scary to be dealing with those symptoms in general, let alone, hey, first time out of nowhere just kind of smacks you. Yeah, I mean, I was confused at first. Um, I was like, all right, maybe I'm just doing a little bit too much. Um, so like I, you know, I just tried to take a little bit more of a break here and there. Um, luckily, you know, that road trip we had, you know, why we went to North Carolina um, for our spring training game was beyond me because it ended up like hailing, sleeting. We didn't, we got like maybe one game in and we were supposed <laughs> to play like 15. So kind of saved me a little bit. So I didn't end up having to pitch or anything like that. But um, it actually, it kind of trickled and just kept getting worse and worse. I'm like, this doesn't really make sense. Like I'm resting, but I'm getting worse. So you know, I just kind of kept scratching my head. I'm like, all right, well, you know, maybe things will just get better. Maybe it's allergies, something like that. Um, once I get back to pace, you know, I'll get back into my routine, things will get better. Um, and it was pretty crazy because the night we got back to pace, we got, you know, unload our bags and everything. And then all of a sudden I went into this crazy dizzy spell where literally the entire room was spinning. I'm like, oh my God. And like, I was telling my roommate, like, dude, I don't feel good at all. Like, and like, he had me lay down and like, it just kept spinning for hours, really, like almost like you have like kind of a hangover feeling like mm-hmm. after, I guess, a long night or something like that. And that's what it felt like. I'm like, this makes no sense. I haven't drank or done anything out of the ordinary that I can think of. So it's, right. it was definitely getting scarier as time had gone on. OK, so then just to be clear, because from my understanding, you uh, the symptoms are kind of coming out of nowhere. And when you say progressively worse, they were getting progressively worse the entire time you guys were down in North Carolina. Yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Just more, more fatigue, more brain fog. At least what I know is brain fog mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, just I just had no idea what was going um, on with my body. Really, it was right. scary. At what point do we do something about this? Did you go to a, a doctor right away, or the, I mean, even the emergency room? I could understand that in this situation. Like, where did you end up going? Yeah, so I really, I don't know. I was one of those people that you know you just got to push through it. Um, 
eventually it'll get better. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it definitely, it wasn't the best mentality. It's just, it's just how I thought back then. And it's crazy to think how I thought back then at, compared to now. Um, so I did, I just kept trying to go on with the rest of my life. I just kept trying to, you know, do my two day workouts and then go to baseball practice and then hours of classwork mm-hmm. and studying and all that stuff. And as I'm sure, you know, things just got worse and worse to the point where I would literally be walking up a flight of stairs and I would be out of breath. I would be profusely sweating, like get back to my room and literally have to take like a two hour nap. Um, And like, I was in great shape at this point. This was the best shape I'd ever been in my life. uh, Physically, you know, strong wise, um, being able to run miles super easily before all these symptoms had happened. So it was just, I knew at that point something was wrong. So I'd finally, I went to our trainers at pace and, they kind of got me to a local doctor and that's kind of where um, I just kept getting kind of pushed around from doctor to doctor because they didn't know what was wrong. Um, you know, I did run into some really great doctors and I also ran into some not so great ones. Um, so super grateful for the the ones that actually spent some extra time with me. And, you know, cause I was a, was, I was 19 years old at the time and I'm coming in with all these just crazy symptoms that you just don't hear about so some of them really took an interest in me and they wanted to get me better um especially my neurologist that i used for a long time up in new york uh he spent hours with me um, so very grateful for him cool well i'm glad that they're i mean yes because you know most are trying to do their best and be helpful and we always specify that on this show i mean this is certainly not an anti-western medicine podcast but what ends up happening though is universally every single person that's been on this show western medicine is not equipped to deal with the things that people like us deal with and that's not really anyone's fault um you know i think a little more effort can be put in but it's not the doctor's fault it's not the pharmaceutical reps fault it's bigger than that and that's why we do things like this and share this and for those maybe new to the world of fdn i gotta note something really quick what you described is what reed davis the founder always calls the cycle of trial and error right so now we know something's wrong we can feel these symptoms or one symptom for some people i'm going to go try things oh wait that didn't work and now i'm going to a different doctor a different doctor did you get any diagnoses during this time from these doctors even if they were incorrect i'm just curious right nothing at first so it took me um you know once i started going from doctor to doctor kind of had to put everything else on hold too like I was basically going to like to class and that's all the amount of energy I had. Like I had to quit baseball. Like it was really tough, like mentally, it, it was super tough. And I just became a professional patient, honestly, for a year almost. I spent the entire rest of that, um, that semester, the rest of that summer, um, just going to doctors, trying different tests and uh, remedies and really nothing. Um, they, you know, they did tilt table tests. I mean, they did spinal taps on me, uh, you know, the whole workup. And really, other than like some inflammatory markers coming up, nothing that they were like, oh my God, like something's really wrong with you, which, you know, it's great to know that like I didn't have the cancer and uh, heart disease or anything like super serious, um, acute at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it really took them about a year to finally get something. Uh, I was sent to a doctor at NYU um, who kind of specializes in um, neurology and he finally did a legitimate tilt table test on me. And I guess that test really kind of showed when I would go from the, uh, the laying down to standing position, Mm -hmm. my heart rate would just skyrocket and my blood pressure would drop. So that's why, uh, I would really get that like faint, like pass out feeling. Um, so that's why I would typically have to lay down a lot and, um, couldn't be upright for too, too long. So that's when they diagnosed me with POTS. 
mm-hmm. um, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, which I think a lot of people do get diagnosed with that as well. Um, and from my understanding now, it's really just a symptom. It's not necessarily the root cause, as we know, of everything. Yeah. Um, but from there, they gave me um, they gave me just a heart medication, a beta blocker. And at the time, I was like, yes, finally. Like, they know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm not crazy, like, all this time. Because, you know, people, especially, like, you know, I hear all the time, like, you look so healthy. How could something be wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get it. I, I totally get it. Like, I'm not out of shape. Like, I'm not... Like, I w- wouldn't look like a sick person. Like, I don't have a broken arm or anything like that. But it's, it was all internal. It was so hard to describe to people, even my own parents. And they they tried so hard to understand. And um, they were the best support system ever. Like, if, if I didn't have them, I don't think you and I would be talking today, to right. be completely honest. Um, so my parents did any and everything for me. So I'm super grateful to have them. Um, but, no, it was it was mentally, physically, emotionally just so draining um, that entire year was just, it, it was crazy. Um, it, it was a whirlwind. I, I think what's interesting that you mentioned about that diagnosis is that it's really just a symptom because I hear the first time I ever heard about POTS was not in the world of Western medicine or from a family member. It was in the world of functional medicine. There right. are certain conditions, symptoms, diagnoses, diseases, whatever we want to call these things that show up consistently in our world. And so they can get diagnosed by Western medicine sometimes, but you'll see them over and over again in the functional side because basically all Western medicine was able to do is tell you what it was in terms of their understanding. And then we have to come actually resolve the issue if we ever want a chance at that. Now, just because you went to this doctor, you got the diagnosis and you got on this medication, it doesn't automatically mean, and you know where I'm going with this already because you listen to the podcast, it doesn't automatically mean that you turn into a natural functional guy. In fact, that's not the route that most people take. Like you just said, it was validating. It was empowering for a little while getting that medication and thinking, okay, I'm not crazy. There is something wrong with me. We finally got it figured out. Here we go. When does the time come that Ryan transitions from being on this medication for the heart stuff, the beta blocker, and then saying, wait a second, I want to kind of maybe go do something more about that? Or was that instant? Like, did you just immediately jump into this stuff? No. And honestly, I was on that beta blocker for a while um, because it I guess, you know, mentally, it really helped me out a lot. It, it gave me that little bit more of either energy or confidence, whatever, to kind of get through the rest of college. And I didn't want to mess with um, at least the the rest of college that I had just because I had lost so much. I'm like, I'm in my best, quote unquote, best time of your life, right? Like you're supposed to be enjoying yourself. And, you know, I was miserable. I was sitting in my room. Everybody was outside having fun. I'm like, I literally can't do anything. Um, so super tough. So. I stay on the beta blocker. It it helped a little bit. Um, I had to push through pretty much every day for the most part. It was a grind, um, but I was able to get back to baseball. Um, I was able to, you know, I was back in school doing very well. So things were starting to normalize. I'm like, I don't want to lose this sense of normalcy anymore. Like I finally just got it back. So I just kind of stayed the route. I listened to the doctors. Um, I'm like, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. And I just kind of stayed the route. Um, until, you know, then I had uh, a hip surgery um, mm. my junior year. So then I was out again and, uh, you know, kind of the whirlwind from there. But um, it, it really was about maybe three years ago when I really started getting into the holistic side of things. Okay. Um, it, it wasn't all that long ago. What's the first introduction to that? Is this a family member? Or is it chance luck with a book? Because I'm always fascinated by the ways that people find this stuff. Because sometimes it is just luck. Yeah, I would say 
So really what did it for me, um, I had moved. So after college, uh, so this was like 2017-ish, I had moved into an apartment with my buddy, my roommate from college. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, just have a place of our own. And in the Westchester County area, because that's where we went to school and we were working and such, uh, it's super expensive. So we took (laughs) the worst apartment you could possibly get. Um, You know, it's just what we had to do. We weren't making much money. It is what it is. But it ended up that there was some toxic mold in that place. And that's really where my health went from not great, but to absolutely terrible. Um, I was in that apartment for about seven, eight months. And I progressively was getting, because I was pretty stable up to this point, like able to live normal life for the most part. Um, But it just started that spiral downhill again started to happen. And I was going to the hospital like every other week. It seemed like my heart was just racing out of my chest. Um, Again, I couldn't think had zero energy. And again, I was like, Oh, maybe it's just something like in the air, like, you know, something I'm eating, maybe, maybe like, so I started thinking a little bit more along like things I'm putting in my body, Mm -hmm. but not, not anywhere um, I needed to be. And it ended up, there was mold in that place and it absolutely knocked me out. And I ended up having to leave my job. I was working at, I had to go on leave. I had to move back with my parents. Um, I lived, lived with them for about two and a half months until that's when I finally found um, a holistic medicine doctor that changed my life and, and my view on everything. Okay. And see, I don't, I don't mean to keep asking the same question, but I'm just, I'm obsessed with this. I find it interesting because I want to be able to provide this experience for people faster. So they don't have to go through years of this stuff. Completely. Like, did you, the holistic doctor though, because there's still a jump there. So did you hear about holistic medicine from someone or did someone recommend it to you? I mean, how do you get in that office? Are you just searching online for these symptoms and someone comes up eventually? Do you understand what I'm saying? Cause like yeah, totally. not everyone's going to jump that route. Some people will look at those individuals as quacks and they would never even consider yep. it. So I'm not going to lie. I definitely looked at those people as quacks for a long time. <laughs> like, Cause that's just what I've heard. That's what I heard. I'm like, you know, it's just, it's voodoo medicine. Why mm-hmm. would I go into that route? We're always taught Western medicine is, you know, the pinnacle. Why, mm-hmm. why wouldn't I go that route? These are, and they are the smartest people. Don't get me wrong mm-hmm. at all. I'm definitely not bashing them at all, but why would I even consider this holistic route? It doesn't make sense. Um, so really I had been getting into a lot of podcasts and kind of getting into the biohacking field. Actually, mm-hmm. I think is what kind of propelled me into the holistic field. There was definitely some other um, key factors too, but, uh, reading the one book game changers by Dave Asprey. I'm not sure if you've heard of him or read that book at all, but that was just like mind blowing. I'm like, wow, this is an absolutely amazing field. And I started making some lifestyle changes there. And, um, you know, that really kind of got me into it. But then once I was at home and I was, I couldn't get off the couch, man. I literally, I kid you not. I tried to go for a walk around like the little block that we were on, not even like, 0.2 mile or anything like that. It was super small. I couldn't even do that. I was out of breath. I was literally about to pass out. I'd my, I I couldn't do anything. I was literally bedridden for two and a half months thinking that, um, you know, there was a good chance I was going to die. Uh, very likely it was, it was the worst, uh, two months of my life by far. Mm -hmm. And again, super grateful that I had my parents there, uh, every step of the way. Cause again, I would not be here without them, but what really got me to the holistic doctor, um, and I, I was a super stubborn person, maybe I am a little bit still, but 
I was under the impression if doctors can't figure out what's wrong with me, nobody has any idea what I'm going through. So why would I talk to anybody else about this? Because they just have no idea. And some lady at work uh, had found out what I was kind of going through. And she said, uh, you know, she got into contact with me and she's like, hey, my daughter has very similar, has a very similar story, very similar symptoms. Mm -hmm. Just give her a call. Just talk to her. And I was like, and I did. I put it off for too long, way longer than I should have. But I finally got to the breaking point. I'm like, you know what? I will finally give her a call. Mm -hmm. So I talked to her and that was the changing point right there. It, I was like, wow, she's literally going through or has gone through everything that I went through mm -hmm. to a T almost. It, it was kind of crazy um, with the molds and pots and all of that. And she had been going to a, a, um, a holistic uh, functional medicine doctor and she mm -hmm. said it changed her life. And so that's when I started down that rabbit hole of, all right, let me find a functional MD near me to kind of get, um, you know, to where I need to be. And I was still very skeptical. <laughs> um, and really what helped me a lot, and this is what I loved about FDN too, and what we kind of teach. He, before my uh, holistic doctor, even, you know, before I gave him a penny of my money, mm -hmm. he spent 45 minutes on the phone with me, talking through all of my symptoms, my history, you know, even things I can be changing today to help me right now. And that was before, you know, I gave him a cent of my money. I'm like, all right, you know, I know insurance won't cover this, but I truly believe in this guy. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. And he happened to be only like a half hour for me. So it, it was, uh, it was like a divine calling. It was, cool. uh, I'm super grateful for it. Awesome. You got, yeah, you guys have some really interesting people in that area. I've been consistently amazed by some of the practitioners I find up there, or I, I can't remember what practice uh, practice it is, but there's an awesome biological dentist too. Some cool things okay. are going on up there. But um, anyway, okay, I thank you for bearing with me as I pride there because that's what I was looking for. I'm looking for the moment that all of a sudden we're able to shift mentally to this idea of even humoring a holistic side because – I know people, Ryan, in my own family who took this to the grave without doing stuff like that. I mean, they, they passed away from the things that they had. And it's not that they're not smart. It's not that they're unwilling to do the work that they need to do. But we get indoctrinated, I think, from such yeah. a young age that, yes, this is quackery. This is voodoo medicine or whatever. And I'm sure there's some of that out there, to be very clear. But when yeah. we're talking about functional medicine, let alone FDN, I mean, this is about as science-based as it comes. This is It just makes sense. We're, we're focusing on lifestyle and we're using very science-based things. We're using the best of Western medicine, which is the ability to actually run lab tests, right? That's a Western medicine creation. The, the naturopathic doctors didn't make that up. <laughs> that, right. That's Western right. medicine that's pushed that out for us. And then we're just analyzing it in a slightly different way, a slightly more useful way. It's not just a it's not just a way of looking at people, okay, you have this disease, we give you a diagnosis, and then you get a medication for it. It's like, let's figure out what can we actually do with your body and lifestyle to heal this stuff as opposed to, you know, treat the paperwork, as Reed always says, or treat the symptoms. How, um, like, what was the experience like then after that 45-minute call? Clearly, you ended up doing it, but like, what were some of the things that you did there and, and how long did it take to work? I, I'm not even saying like work in the sense of, oh, you're 100% cured, but just start feeling better, moving in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, one of the first things he told me was, I want you to get outside as much as possible. I need you to get as much sunlight as you can. Um, and really, I like, I think I had scheduled the appointment with him, like right after that. And it, it was like two days later, but I think I spent like, those two days in the sun. Um, <laughs> and like, I definitely noticed a little bit of because, uh, you know, I kind of I, I, I kind of overdo things a little bit. And I learned, you know, kind of hone that back a little bit. But 
um, just being out in the sun, it did. It helped because I was like, all right, well, I'm not feeling good. I'm going to stay inside and rest and eventually I'll get better. But really, you know, I was making myself even sicker just by not getting that sunlight. Um, sunlight really is so, so healing. But um, that first appointment with him uh, and really just after that phone call, it was it was mind blowing. Um, my whole universe had changed, really. It was it was awesome. It was a lot to take in. Um, and I'm so glad that he let me record the entire session. So that helped enormously. Um, but that, that first, uh, it was like a two hour session with him mm-hmm. and it, it was just crazy. Everything we had gone through and he hadn't even done the testing on me yet. He did, okay. he does some in office testing, um, some metabolic testing there and he could see some like in real time, um, you know, kind of things going awry that I kind of felt. But then the blood work as well um, really confirmed all of that, mm-hmm. like what I was feeling. And he was explaining to me, and that was another huge mind-blowing thing, like the difference between what they use in Western medicine for like the lab ranges and what holistic, you know, actually getting healthy, uh, you know, a healthy range. And I'm like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't they do this? this like, I, was, I was getting so angry. I'm like, it doesn't make sense why we wouldn't all be like this, mm-hmm. but I get it now. Yeah. Um, I feel like you and I have... Uh, not, I mean, they're certainly not identical, but very conceptually similar experiences where you even talked about at one point, this silence that came, like if the doctor couldn't figure it out, why would I talk to anyone about this? And I, you might've heard me say this in the podcast before when I dealt with the anxiety and depression and stuff, I, I went into the doctor for the first time at five years old with my parents. And they said, this isn't something to worry about. Evan's going to outgrow it. Now, later we realized it was panic attacks because I got diagnosed with those. And they're like, well, wait a second. That's the same symptom he came in here with 10 years ago. But when a doctor says this to you, and this is, you know, this is not their fault, but this is where we have to be careful as consumers. And if a doctor is listening, then we have to just be careful of this ourselves. You guys come across as authority figures. Like people very much respect you. You are super intelligent. You make great money. You have a lot of power in this world. You're saving people's lives. When we say something to a client, it has a lot of weight. It has a lot of impact. When you're told that it's in your head, when you're told you're going to outgrow it, when you're told, hey, there's nothing on your labs, that really can mess with us, um, anyone, psychologically. And I think women probably get the Men are a little different because we can't really talk about things. So we kind of get that bad end of it. But women get the worst end, in my opinion, in the sense that they are told so commonly that it's in their head. Every woman that I interview on this podcast at some point got told, well, since I couldn't figure it out, it must be in your head. And that's just not the case. If you have a symptom, by definition, there is something going on. And I think very few times is it actually in the head. I I just don't think it works like that. Hey, maybe you're listening to this podcast thinking, you know what? I don't think these symptoms are in my head either or in the clients that I work with. Well, that's great. That's why we have FDN. And you can now try the course completely for free by going to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. We are searching for the things that Western medicine and many other practitioners, even in the functional and natural spaces, do not search for. So if you know it's not in your head and you know it's not in your client's head, but you can't figure out the answer, that's what we're here for. Go to fdntraining.com slash try FDN. Yeah. When, um, when you're doing these consults and stuff, was there any like, I, because I know that you said even on the blood work, you found like these different ranges. And so there was an explanation, like what was his interpretation? I understand that many functional places are not diagnosing anything. They're more giving a reason, but like, what was his explanation to why you felt like this and had these symptoms for the last several years? Yeah, I think uh, it was really just a culmination of all the different stressors I'd put my body under. Like looking back at it from this kind of holistic view and things I'd done to my body, um, really that like kind of the summer before I'd 
um, felt all of those symptoms I did down in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had gotten a concussion. Uh, I'd gotten Lyme, I contra- uh, contracted Lyme's disease. Oh. So I had all these different stressors on my body. And then I'm sure I was not eating great um, whatsoever. And, uh, you know, the mold definitely um, played a huge impact. So it was, it was just a culmination, as we know, of all these just different stressors I was throwing mm-hmm. on my body. And really it, it was, it was just almost every system was out of whack okay. um, pretty much. You know, my, my detox pathways were, you know, not working properly. Um, my thyroid was not working properly. Adrenals, cortisol was through the roof. Um, you know, so just all these different ailments that was going on mm-hmm. all at the same time. Kind of the perfect storm. It's an interesting point that you mentioned. It was the culmination of all these things. Because a question for you. So you had a roommate at that apartment with the mold. Did that roommate have any symptoms or was he fine when he lived there? So this is uh, kind of the crazy part. Mm-hmm. So my roommate that, um, you know, lived with me in that mold place, he was also my roommate at in college. Okay. So, you know, all these symptoms were happening to me and nothing was happening to him. Um, so he was perfectly healthy for the most part that he knew of. And, you know, we went through school and everything and um, he actually went on to play professional baseball. So he was doing pretty well. He was feeling pretty good. Um, but then halfway kind of through his career or like two or three uh, years later, he started having very similar symptoms as me. And, you know, that's why that's really what made me believe. All right. There was definitely something, you know, maybe in the... Um, the dorms that, you know, we were kind of exposed to at one point, definitely the apartment we lived in. Um, there was something there as well. And, um, you know, he's kind of dealt with very, not to the extreme I have. Um, I think maybe I got to him a little bit earlier, uh, than, you know, I had anybody kind of redirect me, but he definitely has very similar symptoms and, um, he's working through those as we speak still. So it's, it's, it's crazy how it shows up in different, uh, you know, differently in people. Um, and it really is that, that, uh, that stress bucket, you know, everybody's got a different bucket size basically. And I think mine just spilled over way sooner, um, because of how I was living my lifestyle. And, you know, I wasn't, that's my big thing. I wasn't the most unhealthy kid. I, Mm -hmm. I barely drank in college. I didn't do drugs or anything like that. But what I did was I went to the gym two times a day. I was, you know, going to baseball practice, I was getting maybe like five hours of sleep. <laughs> I was eating all of these foods to bulk up. Like, so I was just nailing my body with tons of different stressors. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe not the conventional unhealthy things, but overdoing the quote unquote healthy things is also unhealthy. So that balance is it. key. And I think this is a really good learning opportunity for people that are like listening and maybe not FDNs yet, because it sounds like, okay, well, yeah, maybe it's not a great idea to be working out that much, but this can do all that stuff. It's like, guys, the body doesn't care. This is stress. Whether you're, you know, late on your taxes or you're fighting with your spouse all the time, you have a toxic relationship or you're beating the heck out of your body with tons of food to bulk up or just excessive um, routines at the gym. It's, not identical per se, but it is. It's just wearing down the body. And in today's world where we have all these extra things on top of us, like the air itself is inherently toxic. Okay, (laughs) we can't win today. We can only do like a little better um, as we learn more and more. I got into, after I got in like like trouble and stuff, I, I got kicked out of high school. I'm trying to get my life back on track. And I got into weightlifting. And so I got into what I thought was going to be like natural bodybuilding. I figured this is positive. I'm, I'm eating better, all this stuff. And what was crazy, Ryan, because I didn't know anything about this back then. 
I could not stick to a gym routine for longer than even one month, never made it past 30 days without getting a cold, getting a stomach bug, you know, mm. just felt terrible all the time. I'm like, why is this happening? Like, what's going on? <laughs> but I was a guy that, you know, I'm, I'm a leaner dude. I need to eat like, you know, 4,000 calories a day as it is just to get past the 175 mark. And then I was working out on top of it when I hadn't been doing that really prior. Those were stressors on the body, even if in certain circumstances, they could be good things. They could be healthy things because you want to eat if you're working out that hard. But it wasn't re- my body wasn't ready for that. And I think what you said about your roommates also kind of a good – the mold thing is huge and it is affecting people. I'm not denying that for one second. But you've probably seen this in our space where some people are getting, in my opinion, a little too honed in on that. And I think the what I'm getting at is not that yours isn't real or that your roommates isn't real, but it's like – Look at this. There's two people living in the same moldy environment, the same even dorms for this long. And one took years to get sick. One got sick right away. Others might not have ever gotten sick. So I think it's just important to be aware of this stuff. And if we have a client that comes in, okay, yes, we need to know about mold. I I get that. But I find some people are acting like this is the only cause of people's health symptoms in today's world. And it's like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not a holistic (laughs) approach. That's that's really no better than Western medicine in a sense, except you're right. finding something that Western medicine, I mean, good luck. They're, they're never going to look at mold, I don't think. <laughs> no, definitely <Yeah>. not. <laughs> yeah. Usually not, no. Okay. Yeah, no, it is. It really, it's a culmination of everything. Uh, the mold was really, if you say the cherry on top, right? That mm-hmm. really just, I had all of these different stressors going on and just that mold piece in there that, I mean, mold is deadly, no doubt yes. about yes. it. And um, it can cause, you know, tons of different uh, symptoms, ailments and whatnot, but it, it, it isn't the only thing. You have to look at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but mold, it definitely is. You know, your indoor air environment quality, it's it's super important. You know, you're living in it all day long. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. So transitioning a little bit, when did you decide that – because, I mean, if you're doing something like FDN, most likely people are going into that course with the idea that, hey, I would probably like to do this for some part of my career. Like, my, I want to have this involved in my work in some way. So when did you decide that you actually wanted to go, like – do this or or work with this because again it's one thing to go from western to holistic it's another thing to go from holistic to hey i'm going to pursue this especially with your background you're college graduate you're considering baseball at one point and so this is a pretty big transition when when did that moment happen where you're like i I think i want to go do this yeah so i mean really throughout you know even in college when i was dealing with all these you know symptoms and you know life was kind of miserable for a little while Mm -hmm. there uh i was like this is not right this should not happen anybody our age um little you know really shouldn't happen to anybody but especially someone this young like i just don't think it's right i don't think it should happen and it shouldn't take this long for someone to get a diagnosis or anything like that so i always had that mentality i always wanted to help people um so it was kind of always there once i got sick i didn't have this before i got sick i mean i always liked helping people but you know i wanted to help people through playing baseball so it's just (laughs) a different avenue um but yeah once once i got sick everything changed for me uh and really, you know, I didn't actually consider FDN or even find out about really FDN until like two years ago. Uh, really, my girlfriend kind of found it for me because I was like, I need to get into this space. I really want to. And I was considering going back to school. I was going to go the mm-hmm. whole, you know, college route, um, you know, get my MD and all of that. I'm like, man, this is going to be so much money, so much time. I need to like, I know I can help people right now. There's no doubt about it. I'm helping, you know, friends and family. Like, mm-hmm. there's just no doubt I can be helping people and um, the FDN program compared to all the other ones out there was just the full picture, um, everything I really wanted and everything I believed in and, and learned um, 
from my holistic doctor. So it just seemed like the perfect fit, really. Sure. I think that's interesting that you brought up the uh, MD path because I've talked to people before and I actually have quote unquote convinced them to go from the MD route or even the naturopathic doctor route to FDN. And that's not a persuasion thing. I'm not trying to do that for anyone. What we're getting at here, because you're bringing this up, is that People want to go do a certain thing. They want to help people get healthy. And they think that they need to go do something like the MD or the ND to actually be able to do that. And so my question to them always is like, well, you want to work with people, help them with the lifestyle stuff, be able to utilize lab testing, right? They're like, oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay. So I don't know that you need to go do eight years or 12 years, whatever it is with the residencies and stuff of college to go do that. I always challenge them like the FDN course is approximately eight months for most people. Why don't you spend the eight months doing that? And if it wasn't for you, that's fine. You could still go to college versus spending 12 years doing that route and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars probably to only come back to FDN because we've had doctors go through the course. We've had countless naturopathic doctors go through the course. And I think many people find that this was exactly what they were looking for anyway, right? This, this helps you on the business side. It helps you help people. It's great to know more. We can always learn that kind of stuff, but I didn't need to learn how to give prescriptions to people or do any of that to achieve my mission. And are you, are you someone, because I I actually don't know this about you. Are you doing this full time? Are you attempting to do it full time? Like where are you at with things? Yeah, I definitely think down the road, um, full time is the goal. No doubt about it. I think really, I think what I've gone through, um, I'm able to really kind of, um, you know, communicate with people on a different level of maybe with somebody who hasn't necessarily gone through it. Um, so I definitely want to, I definitely want to do a full time, um, you know, just slowly getting the business set up and whatnot. And, um, you know, I'm still, I still have a full time job right now. So I'm an accountant and just kind of, uh, you know, working on the business on the side little by little, um, definitely not in a rush or anything like that. I'm Mm -hmm. at the moment still helping friends and family and, um, that's really, that was the main reason kind of to go through FDN. Like, I know I wanted to do it and help people, but, and like, it'd be awesome to make a business out of it. Um, that would be the dream, but just to be able to help not only myself, but my friends and family around me to get them as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. That's way more than I could ask for. Yeah. Honestly, that's, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. I like that. You, you have a very genuine aspect to you like it's just ob- some people say that and you know maybe they think they mean it but they don't actually mean it they just want to make like right. a ton of money or something uh, it's very obvious that you mean these things when you say it. that's pretty cool and pretty rare um okay so and it's kind of nice that you have the accounting background then as well because that's going to be so useful for the business side exactly yep. i'm curious then because normally at this point i would focus on like all right cool what are some client testimonials and stuff and i'm sure you you do have positive results with family and friends but i think a better question then for today might be actually when you went through the course you were obviously feeling a lot better by then. I'm curious, like what insights did you get from the course at that point? Because like, were you going in with any symptoms or did you feel like a hundred percent again? And then what did you learn from the FDN course? Cause guys, for those that don't know, first time listeners, I always forget to repeat this. We do actually allow people, they they're given lab tests to run on themselves while they go through the course. So that's what I'm referring to when I say to Ryan, like, Hey, what did you actually learn and see uh, when you went through the course? Yeah, no, I definitely, um, I still had symptoms. Um, you know, definitely I was in a much better place. So, and that, that was kind of what I, I waited a little bit too, because I wanted to be in a place where one, I could use my brain because <laughs> I was just having ridiculous amounts of brain fog, mm-hmm. um, which to me is one of the most frustrating symptoms, um, out there. I'll take any other symptom of brain fog and not being able to use your brain. It's just, it's so harsh. So once I finally got to that point, um, and I was able to go through the FDN course, uh, yeah, it was awesome being able to, that's what I loved about it too. I'm like, I get to do these labs on myself. 
Um, so yeah, I definitely found some stuff um, on the labs that I need to work on and have been working on. Um, the GI map was a big part. Hmm. That's something my holistic doctor, again, he was great, but he didn't cover necessarily everything. And we didn't even look at bugs, you know, um, pathogens, whatnot in the, in the gut. And I'm like, this is kind of a, it, it's a piece, no doubt mm-hmm. about it. And I'm not sure why we didn't look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I need to, um, you know, go and eradicate as well with, you know, H. pylori, candida, um, definitely have some things going on there. But um, as far as health wise, like definitely doing better things that I've learned through the FDM program, um, you know, I've been implementing in my daily life and things have just gotten progressively better. Definitely not on the, uh, the downtrend or anything like that. So I'm hoping things just keep kind of going up that way. And I, I think that, um, you know, they will. I love that you brought up the GI map aspect. For those that don't know, it's our stool pathogen test. So we're able to see worms. We're able to see bacteria, yeast, parasites. And it it is a neglected thing. I I hear, I try to listen to all these different perspectives of anything in life, but especially the health stuff, because that's what we're passionate about. I hear a lot of people kind of underplaying that. And they're saying, well, if you get healthy enough, it shouldn't matter. And I actually have seen that work in practice, but the problem is it takes like years longer for these people that don't really focus on the gut stuff and just do the lifestyle things. And in a sense, I kind of did that myself unintentionally at one point. But when you focus on the gut stuff and incorporate that as part of a holistic program, you can rapidly accelerate someone's healing. I mean, it's a night and day difference. So yeah, sure. You could save because those are typically the most expensive tests and there's a lot of supplements that come with them. So out of any test, it's probably the one that does require the client to spend the most amount of money but let's say it's on the higher let's say it was ridiculous craziest supplements in the world you got the best supplements that you could make you spent fifteen hundred dollars on the test and months and months and months worth of supplements i don't know how that wouldn't still be worth it to have an extra two years of your life back feeling (laughs) better like that just makes sense to me that sounds like a pretty small investment actually when you word it that way do you know yet because i know that you said it doesn't seem like you're like pushing every single day to make it a full-time thing. It kind of sounds like it's going to be more of an organic transition. Have you thought about who you'd like to work with? Like maybe what your niche would be uh, when you do start taking more clients from the public? Yeah, this is definitely something I've been, um, you know, I didn't really think I would have to have a niche or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But once I'm starting to get into it, I know um, that's just kind of what people go into. So definitely, you know, I want to be able to help everybody. And I think that's all of our, our end goals. But I know if you, you know, you try to help everybody, you end up helping nobody in a sense. Mm-hmm. But I, I think we don't do enough to like proactively, um, you know, try to fight these things. Um, mm-hmm. So really just trying to get to people before they have ailments. And I know it's super tough. It's a, it's a large task because if people are feeling good, why, why are they going to want to make lifestyle changes? And I completely get that. And I guess that's why I really felt like this story of mine was, you know, super important to get out there because I was a healthy kid. I was, you know, playing baseball in college. I was doing everything totally fine. And if I had just, I know if I had made some serious lifestyle changes at that point in my life, I would have saved so many years, uh, so much grief, um, so much money, uh, so much time um, that you just, you can't get back. Mm -hmm. So that's, I really want to be able to get to people before any of the ailments happen. That's the dream really. Even after, all these episodes, I think you're still going to be able to very much achieve that because I told you today's unique. I don't, I don't know that I've ever been talking to someone else on here. That's an FDN and in their twenties uh, as a male, yep. that just, it doesn't 
really yeah. happen. Uh, I know we had this guy Zavi on. He was an FDN, very sharp guy though. And I mean, he was in his twenties. Sean Strickland, I believe, is in his thirties. So it just it's not something really common. And I feel like when you get to hear it like this, it, it resonates a little differently, especially from an athlete because. I mean, my story, even if I can kind of fake it now, I was just a total nerd my entire life. I could not hide that. It was very obvious. And so some typical males don't resonate with that as much. You know, yeah. I seem like more typical male now than I did as a kid. Whereas like, yeah, someone playing baseball at a high level too, right? You know, roommates going and uh, doing this professionally. Right. That, that's, a, that's a big deal. And it connects to a completely different audience that I think gets very neglected in this space. Uh, there's a reason this space is dominated by mid 40 year old women. And it's one, because they deal with the most symptoms, I think. There's a lot of things that happened at that age. They might have gone through one or more pregnancies, which is a beautiful thing, but a stress on the body nonetheless. There's been decades of chemicals on their bodies from makeup, the shampoos, all this stuff that women are, you know, kind of suggested to wear or use or whatever it might be. That's tough. And then they're a little more open to talking about their emotions and stuff. They're also more likely to deal with autoimmune conditions. So there's a reason that group's there. People like us, man, it's like, you know, if you have a good set of guy friends, at best, the look that you get is like, I man, like I'm so much glad you're feeling better, but they don't understand this <laughs> in the yeah, way that the world does. does. I have a lot it, of friends who respect me, but they got no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, completely. You definitely get those weird looks. And that's why I didn't talk about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like I would go to events and stuff like that if I could muster up enough energy and such. And, you know, I'd try to just, you know, play it off like nothing's going on. But, you know, I'm having all this kind of disarray going on inside me. And, you know, it's brutal. And, you know, if you really don't have anybody to talk to, it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's super tough, but yeah, in the male community, uh, it's not talked about at all. And mm-hmm. it really is. It's kind of just that, you know, the mentality of, you know, push through, uh, you know, any kind of ailment or whatever, you know, don't sh- uh, show any type of weakness or anything mm-hmm. like that. And really, I think for me, the weakest part of thing wasn't trying not to get help. Like when mm-hmm. I wasn't, um, you know, I was being stubborn, not reaching out to, um, my, uh, my coworker's daughter about like, that was me kind of being weak in a sense. Like mm-hmm. I should have, because I was scared, right. I was scared and, um, we, it, it's scary to talk about this stuff. It's yeah. really, it's not the norm at all, but if you can talk about these things, you don't have to go through, like you can really, you know, um, prevent them uh, yeah. much easier. Dude, you, you nailed it. And I love that you say that because I was, um, my dad, great guy, but he's that classic type of male that, you know, very <laughs> tough, keep pushing no matter what, and doesn't really talk about that type of stuff. He's gotten a lot better, don't get me wrong, but that's kind of what I saw, and so I probably embodied that in many ways and, you know, tried to mimic that. And that's the irony because we think that having the emotions in and of themselves and expressing that we have them is the weakness. But, again, the ironic part is we're scared to share it. So what's actually weak, the sharing of it or the not sharing of it? And that's literally the exact point I try to make. If I'm talking to like an all guys school or stuff with the mental health speaking, Mm. I always make sure they know that. And it's not just some cheesy thing. I'm really glad to hear someone else say this because what I'm saying is genuine. It's like I think they sometimes believe, oh, well, maybe I'm just trying to convince them to talk about mental health. I'm like, no, if you're scared to do something and you're not doing it, if we're going to call anything weak and I, I don't. I know that you and I don't mean this so literally, right? We're not really calling anyone weak. But if we had to compare one to the other, if you're scared of something that could help you and you're not doing it, uh, that seems a lot more weak to me than having the strength to be like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I've dealt with. This is the things I've gone through. If you like it, great. And if you don't, uh, that's cool. Because, yeah, when you start putting yourself out here like this, it can isolate you a little bit. Um, I'm glad that you're on the other end. And once I came on the other end of the health stuff, it was you know, not as isolating. But it's still weird being the person that like, 
eat certain ways. And I mean, for me, I just, I, there's certain things I cannot put in my body, not even once a year. I just, I won't do that. And so you're that guy, right? Yep. <laughs> um, completely. But I like being that guy. It is what it is. Yeah. No, I think, I think this conversation is just getting, uh, you know, to more and more people. I, I think it's being had more and more often. It's because of, you know, things like this podcast, you know, uh, people are hearing it and they're like, wow, okay, it actually is okay to talk about this. And, Mm -hmm. you know, let's talk about it more. Like I even see the change in my own family where they weren't talking about this stuff at all, but now they're questioning things and they're, they're putting better things in their body and they're, you know, they're making sure that they have some good air quality Mm -hmm. and they're spending time outside and just all these, see, it's, it's awesome to see those little changes. And once people start feeling good, oh, it's, there's no, no better feeling in the world to see somebody actually feeling their best, uh, feeling better, whatever the case is, uh, you can't really beat it. Sure. Just to be clear, since I know that you're not, I understand that you're not doing it full time yet per se, but like, are you taking clients? Is there a place where people can find you if they want to work with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have a website, ryanmahakovitzhealth.com. So you can definitely fill out a, um, you know, free uh, health assessment there and we can, um, you know, talk about some things and get you on a program there. And I also am on Instagram, um, healing un- or healing underscore simplified. Okay. Um, so two different places, but yeah, I'm just, I'm working it very slowly. Um, again, organically, I'm actually working with, um, Piper Gibson a little bit, um, helping her out with her practice and, nice, you know, nice. she's really been allowing me to get some, some great insight into kind of how things run behind the scenes and, um, you know, client questions and whatnot. And, um, you know, so Already, the FDN community is amazing. Uh, you you really can't beat it. All the resources we have, uh, it's awesome. It's it's well worth everything. So I'm super grateful for everybody in it and everything that I've learned. I thank you for bringing up the community because I had to like stop bringing it up because I feel like people. I hype it up so much that people right. are going to think I'm like a salesperson, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. because it's, it's serious, I get it. Because if you're listening for the first time, you don't know me, and there's no even internet relationship with it. And I'm just hyping up FDN. Well, you're like, okay, of course this guy must get something. It's like, no, this community is amazing. Like the fact that like, yeah, I mean, you and I, I don't know when, but inevitably I I knew instantly when we started talking, it's like, yes, I'm grabbing lunch with this guy at some point. This will be fun. We'll probably get Brianna in there as well. Um, She might be listening to this podcast. So Brianna, we're all in the same area close enough. If, um, you're around, so it's just fun, man. And when you get to talk to people who have been through these experiences, and then used it for positive. It's not like we're a support group that's like just talking about the traumas and getting all negative. It's like we're talking about ideas and goals that we have and how we can help other people. That's fun, man. That's a great oh, way man. to live your life. And it makes me, even with all the things that I've been through, I don't, I, I can never say that I would change it because the trade off was I get to spend the rest of my life post pretty much 21 years old, loving every single day, loving what I'm doing, feeling like I have a purpose. I would trade the first 20 years to have that because most people are not blessed in that way. Um, it's a special thing. Yeah, no, it completely is. And, and literally any question you have, even when you're going through, um, you know, the FDM program, you have all these different resources. You have the, the different live uh, videos and sessions and, you know, you have your mentors, you have, you know, the entire community really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, it really is. Um, I understand like, you know, you're hyping it up all the time, but there's good <laughs> reason to hype it up. Uh, it's been amazing. It really has been. And as, and as soon as really I joined the AFDNP group, uh, the professionals group, the the amount of questions that people uh, answer in there in such detail, it's like, oh, my God, these people are literally spending some serious time answering these questions. And, you know, they're just doing it to help other people out. Like, that's that's amazing. You really don't get that in many places. You really don't. So it's it's something special. Yeah, it happens in the um, 
the course trainee group as well, the Facebook group, because, you know, we have staffed people in all these places. So like technically, like if I'm a trainee, I could ask a question in my group or if I'm a graduate, I could ask a question in our respective group. And yes, there's a staffed person that's an FDN themselves that's going to answer. But what you just said is so true. Half of the time, the community ends up answering first. Like another trainee that's already been through that part of the course, like, oh, here, you have to do this. Or the professionals group is just a goldmine because, I mean, you have people out there really doing this for work. I mean, Piper Gibson's a perfect example. That That's not a joke. That woman makes significant income helping a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, that that's real business, you know? And so when I can go into the professionals group and ask about some really rare condition that I've never even heard of and get a good answer, or then I could say, hey, I want to hire my first employee. Do you have any advice? And I could still get my uh, a really good answer. That's where it's that's where it's really special that it's a mix of good business support, but also it, as advanced health training as one could ask for. I mean, I don't know. I would trust my life or any symptom that I had with that group. If someone said like, all right, you can't talk to anyone, but where should we go to get the answers to your health challenges? I'll be like, Ask AFTNP and yeah. listen to what they say, please. So completely, and you'll yeah. get an answer so quick. So <laughs> yeah, can't beat it. All right, man. Fifty minutes almost. Wow, kind of flew by. So this I know, be, right? uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to getting to meet you. And you already know what I'm going to finish with. Then it's going to be the signature question that we have on this podcast, and that is if I could give you Ryan in this case a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health. What is that one thing you would get them to do? Yeah, super tough question, of course. Um, but I really do think, especially because of maybe I'm a little biased with this, but um, you know really just getting your indoor air quality uh, either checked or having that on point because you are, you're living in it, you're working in it, you know, your family's in it, um, you know, you're sleeping in it. It's just super important. Um, and you, you can only go about three minutes without breathing. So I'd say that's uh, that's pretty important. So definitely getting that um, that on point is uh, is key. All right, guys, that'll do it for today's episode with Ryan Mihalkovitz. I'm actually looking forward to meeting this guy eventually. He lives relatively locally um, in the Jersey area. I'm in eastern Pennsylvania, pretty far east, only five minutes from the Jersey border. And it's not often that you get to do an FDN meetup. It happens at conferences a lot. And FDN has hosted a conference in the past a few times uh, pre-pandemic. So it's always cool when you get to meet someone that is just interested in this stuff. And you get to meet someone else who is also the weird one in the family with how they approach health. (laughs) It always feels cool to meet someone like that. Now, if you like the information that we're sharing, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple and or Spotify. If you would do that, we'd love you even more than we already do. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again soon with another interview. I have some great guests uh, lined up. I know in the month of June, we were talking so much about the course because the price was going up. It doesn't happen often. And we needed to focus just on the course itself so people could really realize, okay, who should take this? Who shouldn't take this? And we had a record month. It was amazing. So many new trainees in the course just getting ready to start this journey. But now we're back to the good stuff, back to the interviews and hearing how people overcame the trickiest of health challenges. I will see you guys next time. But until then, take care.